Welcome to the Profitable Painter Podcast. The mission of this podcast is simple, to help you navigate the financial and tax aspects of starting, running, and scaling a professional painting business. From the brushes and ladders to the spreadsheets and balance sheets, we've got you covered. But before we dive in, a quick word of caution. While we strive to provide accurate and up-to-date financial and tax information, nothing you hear on this podcast should be considered as financial advice specifically for you or your business. We're here to share general knowledge and experiences, not to replace the tailored advice you get from a professional financial advisor or tax consultant. We strongly recommend you seeking individualized advice before making any significant financial decision. This is Daniel, the founder of Bookkeeping for Painters. And this is Richard, tax director of Booking Me for Painters. How's it going, Daniel? What's up? What's going on? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it is a beautiful fall day. It's been raining all week, so my grass is nice and tall. And uh, today we've gotten a little bit of a break, so I'm hoping to get out there and mow it. Uh, it certainly needs it. So yeah. I hear in the, the news we have some some big news on from the IRS in regards to the employee retention credit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I believe it was September 15th. This was announced same, same day as the uh, S corp tax deadline. They are going to be pausing the processing of ERC credits. So it's not ending, but it is taking a little bit of a hiatus. And the reason is, is they are so backlogged that they cannot process the ones they have, let alone any new ones. So they will not be processing any new returns until January 1st of 2024 at the earliest. And they have also shifted their focus from uh, you know basically cranking these out and getting the checks out as fast as possible to doing a little bit more verification on the front end and making sure that these claims are valid claims, they're appropriate, and then sending the money out. So some folks might not know what the employee retention credit is. So just just so that if you're listening, you have no idea what the employee retention credit is, it's also referred to as the ERC, and it's a refundable payroll tax credit that's taken against your it, taken against employment taxes that encourages businesses impacted by COVID nineteen pandemic to keep their 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 employees on payroll. Uh, so this is going back to when those shutdowns were happening back in 2020 and uh, maybe a little bit in 2021, kind of helping those small businesses that had to basically keep their folks in employed during that period while also being shut down. Yeah. Um, it was designed to, you know, like you were saying, Daniel, to help businesses during COVID, we are we are post COVID now. Well, I mean, we're we're post pandemic. I don't know if we'll ever be truly post COVID, uh, but ironically, the IRS is receiving more claims now than they did during COVID. Uh, the latest numbers are about six hundred thousand unprocessed claims as of September fifteenth, and fifteen percent of those claims have come within the last thirty days. And the reason behind this, the driving force is, and you, if you have a business, you already, you've already seen this. It is the onslaught of advertisements from companies claiming to get you ERC. And I mean, I've, in my own home, I've seen uh, mailers uh, come in my mailbox. I've gotten voicemails on my phone. I've seen 
you know, um, you know, celebrities on TV. Uh, there's Are even, you serious? You saw celebrities on TV pushing the ERC? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. uh, there's kind of a famous one um, with Ty Burrell, and and believe it or not, you, you you're not gonna you're not gonna lose. <laughs> there is a voicemail being left by what sounds like and claims to be Snoop Dogg to um, apply for the ERC. Now it's almost certainly an AI fraud, but uh, <laughs> imagine getting a phone call from Snoop Dogg encouraging you to apply for the ERC. Uh, so wow. yeah, this is um, this is kind of jumped the shark. Right? This is this has almost become like a like a you know pop culture meme. Uh, but the result is the IRS is getting flooded with claims, and you can imagine companies that will use you know deep fakes of celebrities to sell their products may not be um, very diligent in processing their claims. They may not be, um, you know, real accurate as to what qualifies and what doesn't qualify. And that could leave you, the business owner, on the hook uh, if you received money that you weren't actually entitled to. Yeah. And uh, I think this, you know, came about, Congress had set aside a bunch of money to, to for this program. So there's a whole big pot of money it's like 400 billion and uh and it's just you know basically there's certain rules that if you do qualify you are absolutely you are entitled to get that money but i think uh you know some of these firms or businesses are are kind of bending the rules and and or just downright fraud uh to to get access to that so um it's it's definitely important to get what you're entitled for if you actually we'll go through the requirements here on the podcast of what it takes to qualify. But if you don't qualify, definitely don't recommend you trying to get this credit because uh, the IRS is well aware of the fraud going on and they're most likely going to uh, investigate it. So you want to be, you know, um, on the right side of things here. Absolutely. No matter how convincing Snoop Dogg may sound, uh, <laughs> um no it, no absolutely if you if you qualify please please take the credit this you know this is what it's intended for um but let's be careful because you know there's there's a lot of shadiness going on so should we talk a little bit about how we can know if we qualify for it and kind of you know uh set the standard there yeah uh there's basically You'll, first of all, you have to have employees in 2020 or 2021, uh, but no more than 500. So pretty sure everyone listening here is probably under that. Um, you may, But if you have subcontractors, for example, but no employees, you would not qualify. So that's the first thing. You have to actually have employees during 2020 or 2021. Um, and then you have to have a couple of one of the uh, one of the following things need to have happened. One, the first thing, possibility thing is that you had a reduction in your tax basis revenue relative to a reference quarter or like a prior year. So for example, your your tax basis revenue went down in 2020 compared to 2019 or in 2021, it went down compared to 2019. Basically, did your revenue go down compared to pre-COVID? Um, 
So that if if that happened to you, you could potentially qualify for this. The now in the painting industry, a lot of folks didn't have this happen. They had a lot. Of, a lot of folks had their income, their revenue go up uh, in 2020 and 2021. So we saw that influx of people just hanging out at their house and be like, hey, we should paint the, uh, you know, paint the exterior of our house. It looks, you know, in and so the, there's actually an influx of uh, of those home improvement things going on. So, but it might apply to you. So that's the first thing. And the second one is that you'll have to have uh, some sort of full or partial government shutdown. And because of that shutdown, that impacted you in, in a, in a more than nominal way, your impacted your business in a more than nominal way that prevented you from doing your normal operations. So, you know, and it, there has to be a government order associated with that, that go- government shutdown. So it has to either impact your business directly because you literally couldn't go out and do painting. You couldn't do interior painting, for example, um, because there was a shutdown in your in your county that said that there was to be no interior painting or no contractors allowed to go inside of buildings for a period of time. Or it could be because your vendor was shut down and you were unable to get the resources that you needed to to do your to your job. So maybe you went, um, you, you know, PPG. Your your the only local paint shop was PPG, and they were shut down, and you were unable to get paint. Uh, the key being that there was no other paint stores that you could have got paint at. So there there can cannot have been a replacement. So so basically, number one, did you have your tax basis revenue? go down in rel- relative to uh, like to 20 th- 2019 or did you have some sort of full or partial government shutdown that impacted your operation so you couldn't do interior painting for example or one of your service lines or you were unable to get you know paint or some sort of um, product that you need from your supplier because of that shutdown yeah, I think where people can sometimes get tripped up is what is a government shutdown? And, and you mentioned, Daniel, that it needs to be an actual order and it needs to be you know, from a, a governmental official, whether that's the governor of the state or the mayor of your county. And it can't just be um, a suggestion. You know, we we are encouraging people to stay at home is not a shutdown or we are requiring people to wear masks when they go outside is not a shutdown. Uh, So these shutdowns did occur um, mostly in the second quarter of 2020 when COVID was at its prime. uh, And most of them were lifted, you know, relatively, you know, quickly. Uh, And we kind of moved into that that yellow area of we'll use caution and wear, you know, a mask, but you can go outside. So, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we, we can actually document the you know the executive order or the the document that that shows the shutdown yeah and there's if you go online and i might put this in the the show notes but there's there's some resources out there if you're not you don't remember if there was a government shutdown there's some websites uh, that have kept track of what counties and states had those shutdowns and they have the actual document that says 
because you'll actually have to find the document. And then there's usually some sort of uh, appendix that specifies all the types of businesses that are shut down or not shut down. And so just to take an example for Pennsylvania, they did have a shutdown that shut down uh, building finishing contractors for a period of time. And they were unable to do work uh, in, in, in that area. So that you'll have to find the government order and then the appendix that shows that, okay, building finishing contractors or painting contractors were unable to do work for this period of time. And so those, you, you can either go to your, your state website or they, there's some uh, like natlawreview.com has some lists of, uh, of those shutdown orders. Now, if you don't have a, a government shutdown, but you have that decline in revenue you were speaking about, that could also work if the decline in revenue is sufficient enough. And um, if my memory serves, it, it's actually different depending on what quarter we're talking about. So I think for the, the three quarters in 2020 where this was available, so that's um, Q2, Q3, and Q4, or like April through December of 2020, you need to show a 50% or greater decline in gross revenue from the same quarter in 2019. If you can show that, you could qualify for ERC. In 2021, uh, for like January through the end of September, the decline wasn't, it wasn't actually, it was actually less strict. So uh, in 20%. 20% decline was sufficient to show, um, you know, that you qualified for ERC. But again, it's it's quarter by quarter. So, you know, if you qualify for one quarter, you may not qualify for the other quarters. Uh, so you only want to apply for those quarters in which you did have the decline or the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. So decline in revenue, you meet those percentages, you might be good to go. Or you had a government shutdown that you can show. And it, and it might might be both things. You might have had a reduction in revenue in one quarter and then a government shutdown mm-hmm. in another quarter as well. So there's, there's definitely ways to qualify for this. It's just, you just need to make sure what you're trying to qualify for is, as actually what happened and make, making sure you have the right documentation uh, to prove that. Right. That that's kind of a common problem we've been seeing is that, that people maybe qualify for one or two quarters but they're pressured into applying for all six. And that could be something that that turns around to kind of bite them in the end. Um, you know, another issue we're seeing is making sure that that you properly account for the number of employees that you have. Uh, if you are a more than 50% owner of the business, you may be a shareholder employee, but if you're more than a 50% owner, then you can't be qualified as you know, one of the employees that the ERC is calculated on. Uh, And then, of course, they do need to be actual employees and not contractors. So uh, they need to be paid on a W-2, not a 1099, uh, to qualify for the ERC. Yeah. So we we kind of talked about who qualifies. We've mentioned some of the pitfalls, like don't try to overclaim um, you know, make sure you have the documentation. Documentation meaning you can prove with your your revenue, like you have financial statements that can 
can basically show that you did have a decrease by the stated percentages we talked about, 50% and 20%, or you have that government order to back up the ERC claim. What are some other pitfalls that we should be looking out for for this uh, ERC stuff? Well, if you do uh, apply for ERC and you get the credit, uh, you have a responsibility then to amend your business tax returns for the year that you received ERC. Now, this can get kind of confusing sometimes because it may be 2023 when you receive the checks, but those credits are actually tied to wages that were paid in 2020 or 2021. So because you received a credit for those wages, you can't also deduct those wages on your 2020 and 2021 returns. So now you have to go back and amend those returns, removing the wage deduction that you received the credit for. When you do that, your profit goes up because your expenses have been reduced. When your profit goes up, your taxes go up. So while the ERC itself is not taxable, the effect it has on previous year's tax returns will probably result in some tax being owed. It's going to be much less than the ERC itself. You will come out ahead, but you're going to want to make sure that you amend those returns and pay those taxes uh, so that you can avoid an examination. Good good to know. Yeah, I think a lot of people miss that piece. It's, uh, it's not just sit, submit for the ERC, get the check, and you're good to go. You got to go back and do some, some legwork there. Um, now, what, what happens if if maybe you've already submitted for the ERC and you're listening to this now and you're like, oh, crap, I, uh, I, I submitted for all six quarters and now I'm getting a $200,000 check in the, in the mail from the IRS, but I probably only qualified for half of it or something. It, what, what, what should folks do in that situation? Yeah, if, if you think you may have you know, applied for more than you actually qualify, it's not the end of the world. You do have an opportunity to fix it. So in that situation, one, I would suggest, you know, finding, you know, some competent help, uh, you know, a competent accountant, enrolled agent, CPA, who can, uh, you know, help walk you through the process, make sure that you actually got your numbers right. And then at that point, you can amend your payroll tax returns, again, showing the proper amount of credit and then paying back the excess that you received. Now, if you do this, if you take a proactive approach to it and you get to it before the IRS does, then there may be a little bit of interest, but there won't be significant penalties. If you wait for the IRS to catch it, and while the IRS normally has three years to figure these things out with the ERC that's actually been extended to, I believe, five years, so they have extra time, If you let the IRS catch it, then you run the risk of accuracy-related penalties, um, higher interest. It's much worse if the IRS catches it. Uh, So if you're in that situation, my recommendation is be proactive, amend the returns, pay back the excess, and you'll sleep better at night. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in the... You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the worst case scenario would actually be fraud, uh, potential fraud. If if you just blanket apply for everything 
and you have no nothing to back that up you you could be the irs could come after you for fraud uh, on that so that would be you know a lot worse penalties as opposed to just like an accuracy oh you just miscalculated something yes um so it's it's hard to know exactly i mean to, to say exactly what constitutes fraud and what and what constitutes um you know an accuracy related penalty but if the irs believes that fraud has been in, involved then that 5 year time frame gets extended to basically uh forever so uh if they if they claim fraud they have they have as much time as they want <laughs> to come after you uh, yeah. and there will probably be some people who uh, probably not anyone listening to our podcast, but there are going to be some companies who, who really get the book thrown at them. Um, the IRS has already done 250 criminal prosecutions for ERC fraud, and they are just getting started. So, uh, you know, the IRS and Congress knows that this program has been abused, and they are definitely putting it under a magnifying glass. Uh, they will go after the bigger fish, the low-hanging fruit first, uh, but if you if you think that, you know, maybe your small company has accidentally taken a little bit more than it should, I would advise, you know, trying to get that rectified, uh, you know, nip it in the bud. If you catch it before the IRS does, things go a lot better for you. Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool. Well, is there <laughs> I guess uh, to on end on happy a, note. Uh, yeah, I'm not happy <laughs> now. Uh, but yeah. The, not to scare people away from the RC. You can definitely, if you qualify, there's nothing to be afraid of. If you get the docs to, to support it, the proof you can totally qualify for this and be completely fine. Um, it's just, you got to make sure you, you go in knowing, you know, knowing the pitfalls and, uh, and making sure you're covered. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good program and, and the people who deserve it and are entitled to it should absolutely apply for it. Um, the people who are getting criminal prosecutions are the ones who who have no employees, who are just making things up, um, and you know, and and scamming the government. And we should want to see these people prosecuted because it's it's our taxpayer money that's being being abused, and we want it to be you know put to the right use. So if you qualify, by all means, go and get your credit. Uh, if you haven't filed yet, be patient. I, I say go ahead and get it in. Don't wait till next year. Just realize it's going to take a while for it to get processed. If you've already got your credit and you have gotten the correct amount, make sure you amend your 2020 and or 2021 returns so that you kind of tie up that loose end. And if you are in the unfortunate situation where you think you may have taken too much, go ahead and fix that, amend those returns. Um, and so, you know, this is this is not doom and gloom. Uh, there is a way forward <laughs> in any of these situations. Uh, we just kind of wanted to let people know what's going on and give them that that path forward, uh, depending on which situation they find themselves in. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to wrap things up, I'd love to hear from, from you all. If you go to Facebook and type in Grow Your Painting Business, you can join the conversation. If you have any basic questions about the ERC, love to hear them or ideas for uh, future podcasts. And with that, we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.